because she's a young nerd. And he's an old punk. Hey everybody, this is Tim. Just want to say welcome. This is Young Nerd Old Punk, where Kelly and I participate in a subcultural exchange because she's a young nerd. And he's an old punk. Uh... Oh, <laughs> calm down, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a slur. He identifies as it. <laughs> All right, starting off great. <laughs> uh, oh, back to my thought. Uh, how long can we actually call this young nerd old punk? Are you calling me old? <laughs> I'm not saying you're old yet, but second half of the title, it can be used forever. But the young nerd half. It's gonna age out at some point. Old nerd, younger, <laughs> not dead yet, nerd. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, how do we want to start? Do you want to? Do you start with my review of your stuff, or? I will start with my review of what you shared with me. All right. So, what I gave Kelly for this episode was what was it the March 1994 issue of Maximum Rock and Roll. Uh, those of you not familiar with Maximum Rock and Roll, it's a uh, zine. I was trying to find something, I guess, punk culture related that's not music, because I could give her that stuff all day, and zines are probably the next best thing for that mid-90s era that I guess I'm shooting for at this point. Uh, that's how you found out about new punk rock stuff. The internet was around, but not really commercially available to all of us. It was pretty expensive still. So this is how you found out what was going on and what new things you could buy. Uh, it was pretty much a mix between like a punk rock Bible and a punk rock version of the Sears toy catalog. So go right ahead, Kelly. So I did a little bit of research because young nerd. <laughs> anyway, um, so it turns out that the March 94 one was right after Maximum Rock and Roll decided to change up like how they were doing it because they didn't want to have um, people who were signed with major record labels or record labels they didn't consider punk enough. So it was really kind of funny because there were articles in there about opinions or whatever, the letters to the editor about how, like, how dare you decide what's punk rock? That's not really punk rock of you. And other ones agreeing. So I found it really kind of... Uh, I read about the um, major change before I read the the zine, so it was kind of a cool... Oh, that's why they were talking about that. And I didn't realize that was the actual issue. I do remember that taking place, but I didn't realize that was, like, the issue after it happened. Uh, it was... Fifteen actually wrote a song about it. Yeah. About I think at the time they maybe called it the purge. Yeah. They used a term somewhat like that because it ended up uh, leading to Punk Planet being founded too. Yep. Which I have some issues of that hanging around the house. Yeah, it was like the third issue after the purge, so that's when like the letters to the editors were coming Finally in started that coming people in, yeah. were just angry or excited that punk rock was going to have a specific definition in this zine. That's funny because that list of because you had sent me over that picture of the list of, like, their... Maximum faves. Yeah, their maximum faves. And there was a lot of corporate bands on yep. those lists, so that's even funnier that they didn't, I guess, purge their lists. I also wanted to, like, make us appreciate that, like, so we're doing a best of this time, and it's in March. And this issue was from March, and we're, it was the best of the year before. So, we're not super late at getting our best of in. No. I mean, you're kind of giving away what next episode's oh. going to be, but oh, that's that okay. Oh, that next episode? Yeah, that'll be My next bad. episode. 
you can just ignore this part. Okay, so speaking of corporate bands, I was jotting down the ones I recognized, which were far few and far between. Rancid, Nutramilk Hotel, and Offspring. Right. But um, Nutramilk Hotel, I don't know if you guys know about the Anne Frank conspiracy related to that. I do, only because you told me about it. <laughs> and I just think it's really funny. So people theorize that the lead singer's wife is actually Anne Frank from the past, and he actually invented a time machine and brought her because he has a song about getting a time machine and a song about Anne Frank, and they, like, combine the two. It's stupid, but it's all I can think of when I think of Nutramilk Hotel. One of the ads that I saw made me giggle because it said free punk rock and $3 underneath. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it caught my eye and I made sure. So if I did have pastime money, like, right. I'm sure I would have humored them. In regards to, um, like, the corporatization of punk rock and everyone being upset, there was a really neat quote that was, punk rock has become more listenable and less threatening. And there was also comments in there about how, like, the rich kids are getting into punk now and they don't understand. And right. So it was kind of like they were trying to get rid of those people in their, right. in their culture. Which was ridiculous because, I mean, honestly, early 80s punk, if you, li- like, read some biographies from guys around at that time, I mean, in Henry Rollins' book, uh, Get in the Van, he talks about how he got piss thrown on him and how almost every show he was getting in fights and they would bring people out it's like, oh, I want to go see this violence. Yeah. But if they only come out one time, they don't get into it, and then your entire genre ends up dying. So, I, you know what? That rich kid paid for some decent band to stay on tour for a couple more weeks, so let them spend their money where they spend it. Yep. Um, there's also something, and I like my comment is, what year is it? There's mention of skinheads, but then I realized after reading through Zine pretty thoroughly that skinheads are a type of punk but also some of them are Nazis. Yeah. yeah yep. <laughs> There's a fine, fine line, though, apparently. So, I mean, it kind of falls with how skinheads somewhat started. Skinheads originally were more of a lower-class working rights deal. Okay. But anytime you get the working class together, and they're white... And they, they don't start, have hair. Yeah, and then they don't have money, they start to blame their plights on the races around them, so that brings in the racist angle. But yeah, you say skinhead now, you think of a Nazi, and honestly, majority of the skinheads I've ever met, maybe one or two of them are the worker rights style. The majority aren't. They're racists, though they may not portray themselves as such until they get into a group of people that are only white. Yeah. So, um, the next chunk were the columns, and these were um, just user-submitted, it seemed, and it said that it's not the... Um, what the editors of the magazine think. It's about what, like, these people think. And one that I read thoroughly was called Take My Life As You Please by George Tabb. And I looked into who George Tabb is because I was curious if these people were significant in any way. Let me find the screenshot. I I mean, name's not ringing any bells for me. He is the... Founding member and songwriter in such punk bads as Roach Motel, Adams for Peace, False Prophet, Letch Patrol, and um, Furious George. He also was the main producer on some punk show that I didn't jot down because it killed itself. And it's not on here, it's on his YouTube. 
for some reason. But either way, he was in a movie called Summer of Sam. His oh. band was. Oh, right, yeah. Specifically Furious George. Oh, yeah, because is it the band that Adrian Brody goes to see in that movie? Yes, yeah, because I remember band. that scene in that movie. Um, he was, he produced and directed Destroy Television, which was New York's longest running punk cable show. All right. So I watched some of the clips from that and it was a hot mess like it should be. Right. But it was kind of cool. He is, he also was, um, in New York City during 9-11 and he has a lot of unexplained health problems following that. Right. Because he was close enough to ground zero that that completely screwed him up. But he's still alive. He is active but to the column he wrote so the first bit of the column he's talking about how like the remote control is like an extension of a man's penis because they always have it they hold on to it they kept the control was he like a seinfeld style comedian (laughs) oh no oh no and then and then the mention of this beautiful quote comes up. Blondie was every teen punk's fantasy. Hey, he's not wrong. Well, this turned into that teen punk's fantasy. And suddenly Blondie came with some of from with his bandmate into his home. And she's sitting in his spot. Oh, you know what? I somewhat remember this and article a little she bit. she is using his remote control and stroking it. And me sitting here reading, I'm like... Holy shit, I am reading some teen punk blondie fanfic. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Maybe Star I do Wars fan or Star Trek fanfic isn't the first fanfic, and it's this. <laughs> but I could be wrong. <laughs> but it was just kind of an interesting look into just that culture and what his thoughts were on it. Another one I didn't actually jot her name down was about how, like, this guy, like, just straight up, they met two minutes before, and he, like forcibly kissed her and how she beat the shit out of him and she's like i never thought i'd be in this situation and i didn't know how i'd react but looking back i'm really happy i reacted the way i did and that was kind of interesting because you know sexual harassment all over is a big thing and it's always has been sadly will likely always will i mean i grabbed the issue blind i didn't really flip through it or anything before i gave it to kelly but that part of the reason that i had kind of grabbed that one is because they had Basically, these list of societal problems in 94, if they put out an issue today, it probably has the same fucking list of problems for 2017. It's just like, we made no progress as a species. Way to go, guys. Speaking about those problems, actually, there was a section about that was just like news clippings. Mm-hmm. And one of the mentions was, articles was a mention about how court-appointed lawyers are just screwing people over and they're on death row. Right. Well, as we all know, court-appointed lawyers are a problem because they're so overworked, underpaid. Yeah, exactly. So It's not that those guys don't want to help, but you pay them nothing and you give them a caseload of hundreds of cases. They only have 10 minutes to meet with a client. Yeah. I mean, it's something we're used to in our field, so we've seen how that works out. Yeah. Um, another like small bit was um, there was an, like a column about the dress code for punk rock, and I found it just kind of funny because it was obviously one person's perspective on this, and I'm sure the next couple articles are going to have people pissed off about what he said. Right. Number one was no baseball caps. No baggy shorts. Right. And then he highlighted backpacks. Right. Backpacks are for school or hiking trips. I, okay, so you can take backpacks to shows. 
but in the mid-90s, this was an annoying phenomenon. Because usually, the backpack kids, they had cameras, they want to be up front, mm. but they also would whine incessantly when they got jostled around, but you mean you're at a punk rock show... <laughs> If you don't want to be jostled or hit, you kind of got to back away from that center stage. So, I understand that a little bit. Oh, no. His reasoning was specifically because they're for school or hiking trips and you look stupid with <laughs> right. them on. Much like our favorite person who carries a backpack daily. Right. Tim. Me. Yeah, I do. I carry one every day. But I didn't carry one then and I wasn't in the front complaining about getting hit. And... That's the other thing, too. I make it sound like people are going out of the way to hit other people. No. You actually... You do control yourself somewhat and avoid hitting people that you kind of know don't want to be touched. But you can't have total control when you have 15 people or 20 people pushing each other around. It just, it's going to happen. But that's the thing that annoyed me about the backpack yeah. kids. I would guess the baseball caps, baggy pants were tied in more to... So you had grunge going on in that same time frame. And punk rock at the time was trying to make it clearly defined like, okay... Grunge is over in this corner. We're in this corner. Yeah, there's some similarities, but don't be bringing your Nirvana shit to our shows. <laughs> so, um, with that, there was a like pretty good chunk of this thing about leather jackets specifically. Oh, yeah. No, no spikes, studs, or patches. Right. Too cliche. Has tastefully placed buttons on the labels. Mm. Lapels. Does that? Is that pronounced that way? Lapels. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, or, and then... The next thing was about shoes. No Doc Martens. Other boots are okay, though. Well, you know what? That The Doc Martin thing always bothered me, too. Because you're this punk rock kid, and you're not supposed to care about fancy things or possessions. Yeah, and you just drop... Actually, Docs, I think, you know, you're talking three, four hundred. They're expensive as hell, yeah. I don't buy things. Would I did not Would it be acceptable that. if you got them from a Goodwill? Is it okay? That, yeah, that would be okay. You have but to, like, carry a sign. You have like, to carry the receipt. Buy these, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these are from Goodwill. And then, um... If you find a pair of Doc Martens at Goodwill, text me immediately and let me know. So <laughs> I can ask popular. you if they're my size. They real popular for a while. I, I've right. never seen a pair like that at any secondhand store. I'd be amazed. Now we're going to see them nonstop. Uh, hopefully, we'll just yeah. just post them to the Twitter... At Prisky Desks. Doc Martens. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for tennis shoes, um, only Converse if they're tennis shoes and only black. Ooh, yeah. I did wear Chuck Taylors consistently yep. through that time frame. Though I wore blue. I didn't do any, like, I'm not doing bright red shit like that. It doesn't match with anything. What's the purpose? The other thing that I didn't quite get was no gas station jacket, and I didn't bother Googling it. Oh. What the fuck is a gas station jacket? Okay, so... It would be more like you were an employee at a gas station. It'd have your name on the tag. Okay. I can tell you, I owned at least one of the jackets. I actually think I own one of those. I had multiple shirts that were that way, yeah. So, I get that too. It was because it was trendy at the time. Yeah. And that also, it wasn't really more of a punk rock thing. It was more of an indie, sort of like Pavement and Sebado fans. They wore shit like that. Punk rock kids didn't. Yeah. One of my final things that I noted in the um, whole thing, so someone did a top movies of 93, like, list. Oh, nice. And um, only one that I'd ever seen, I, I didn't. Oh, yeah, but that whole list. Oh, oh, no. Number seven was The Lion King. <laughs> so it was just kind <laughs> awesome. of funny, like, catching that in there. But it's a mix of eclectic indie films and then <laughs> Lion King. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful. That's pretty funny. I also found it really cool that, like, 
there was like a small handful of the ads that had emails, and one of them was some guy's university email. Right. Like it was like at such and such university.edu. Yeah. So it's kind of, this is 94, so before everybody had. Me. Yeah, and it probably was just like a year before too, because I'm going to say, I'm thinking 95 is when I started getting internet yeah. access. I, I paid for it in my household. Yeah. Uh, my parents were fine with that. Well, my dad wasn't okay with it. He thought that computers were part of the devil's plan to steal our souls, so it took him a couple years to come around, but he loves the internet now. He must love porn. <laughs> yeah. I don't think porn hurt in helping him <laughs> enjoy the internet, So but he's more of a Facebook fan. Yeah, the um, email thing, like, I don't remember not having internet in, like, my earliest memories. Oh, are, that makes sense. Like, 94, 95, 96-ish, so... Yeah. I'm not super shocked, but we also were fortunate enough to be living on a military base, so everything except, like, our internet was paid for us anyway, so my right. parents could afford to have it. Well, we were kind of lucky, too. We had our town basically provided internet service, so it was affordable. Wow. If we had had to go on, like, AOL or CompuServe back then, it was just way too expensive to even think about affording it, but my town was pretty forward-thinking in building their own internet service back then. That's crazy. So, yeah. yeah. I think, like, in comparison to, like, current-day stuff, the zine was, like, a forum of, like, all sorts of crap. Yeah. And it was really cool because it was, you know, people commenting on stuff from the previous issues, and then people also discussing, um, what's punk rock, and... Oh, shit ton of ads and one was cut out i'm assuming oh was there one cut out <laughs> yeah okay we might find that in the future then because <laughs> i have another idea for later down the line on these episodes but i don't want to share it with kelly yet that's neat your zine i'm not saying <laughs> i'm not saying no and like i hadn't like a small inkling of what a zine did because they're kind of coming back in like the more nerdy cultures and they're also, um, apparently there's been a big renaissance of libraries preserving zines, because librarians are huge nerds who like to preserve right. history. And, and they're probably about my age. Yeah. And they remember reading them themselves, yeah. So, just something to keep in mind. Check out your public library and yeah, see yeah, if they dude. have a collection. If not, if you have some, if they'd be interested in taking them Shoot, off your I wouldn't hands. mind donating a few, though. I don't know if that issue will make it. It, it, is, it is falling oh, apart. Oh, I have some bad yeah. news about that issue. The cover is no longer attached. That's fine. I mean, it was already off. So my when cats I gave it were really you. interested in it. They don't stand on stuff I'm trying to read normally. Right. But the mustiness or something made them convinced it was something for standing. Right. Like both cats were super into it. And one of my cats decided to like jump off of it into the cat tree. Because cats are morons. I took a picture of my cat standing oh. on it, which you are most likely seeing right now if you're on the YouTube video. I mean, your cats are dead, <laughs> but I'm not upset about it. Oh, no. It was one for Actually, I was actually pretty surprised that they still do print issues. Yeah. Because I just... what What's the purpose? You could throw it online and be done with it. I mean, I get some people like physical stuff, but why, really? It's going to clutter up your house. And much like me, what's the most you're going to do with it? What? We look at it like sure, 13 years 14 later. Years later. <laughs> yeah, 14 years later. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, they do have a podcast now. And I've only listened to a couple episodes. The first one I listened to, I, I was a little disappointed. I was like, all right, new music. But it was some new music with rehashes of things I'd already heard. But the second episode I listened to, they really honed in on like 
specific scenes. The one I, the second episode I listened to was a it was based on classic Toronto punk rock, which I somewhat found that more interesting. That it was sort of a history lesson. So, I mean, if you're interested in punk rock and I guess interested in the history, I would check out the MRR Radio podcast. Cool. You should definitely at message them this podcast so <laughs> you know they can listen to a 25-year-old's opinion on something that is nearly as old as they are. Yeah, exactly. I think that's all I have for Tim's half of the young nerd old punk name pending. Um, I had him watch a few YouTube videos. You can check out the list on our Twitter. We'll link it somewhere, I am sure, at Frisky Discs. Discs are plural. That's why it sounds like we have a stutter. So I had him watch a small collection of stuff that I watch kind of daily. Some of it's special videos. Um, one of them was a video by Bill Wirtz, an episode of the Philip DeFranco show, an Ashen's toy review, a vlog, two Vlogbrothers videos, one by John Green, one by Hank Green, and an episode of Binging with Babish. So what did you think? How did you feel? Uh, well... You know, I kind of scratched notes as I was going. Uh, History of the entire world from Bill Words. So if you watch this video, get past... Okay, so there's the thing where he'll be talking. He talks quickly. I mean, he gets through it pretty quick. But they'll do singing like, Helium! Or Oxygen! And in that first three and a half to four minutes, they use that a lot. (laughs) And I almost was like, all right, I'm skipping. I can't take this. After that mark, though, they use it more sparingly and I think more effectively. Mm-hmm. But I did really like that movie. <laughs> I heard the video after they took that shit out. I mean, it, if you can just get past that first three and a half minutes, it's worth watching. It lasted, what, 20 minutes, yeah, I'd say, 21. somewhere around there. There's another one that's a history of Japan that's similar stuff, and there's little catchy quips. And Right, well, I know it's on the history of the entire world where I felt like they really screwed up. They forgot the formation of the greatest band in history. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, but no, that definitely go check that out. That was it wasn't my favorite actually. I had one that was definitely my favorite, but it was really close. Uh, Philip DeFranco. So the first thing that struck me, it reminded me, or he, his style, actually the entire set, everything around him, it reminded me a lot of like ESPN host shows. And man, those kind of, that type of sports broadcasting is so fucking terrible i just i i hate it he's good at it but i just don't like that style little background on him he's a youtuber who's been a youtuber since the dawn of man and he's been doing this new show since like oh seven and like he's slowly trying to create his own news network because youtube is not being viable for a lot of creators anymore right because you know advertisers are not liking a lot of the stuff that YouTubers are creating these days. Right. So some of that, like, look, it used to be literally a guy in his office, but he has a studio now. I would prefer that. It it reminded me too much of, like, Colin Cowherd. You know, I don't even watch that stuff anymore because it's so annoying to me. So if I was him, I'd maybe go back to the well and that office idea. Yeah. Because that was the thing, was, like, the set, everything was so ESPN-ish that... 
for someone like me, it doesn't bring you in. It It's instantly like, well, click, close, I don't watch that. But I did watch it all. Yeah. It started off with entertainment-style news, and that kind of made me zone out because I'm not really interested in that either. But if you are, I think he does a pretty good rundown about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I did love the advertising for a shot to Franco. That was by far my favorite part. I don't remember exactly what made me laugh so hard about it, but it was hilarious. I am hoping that it was the t-shirt that says, um, why be informed when you can use your opinions as facts? Because yeah, that's one the, of the shirts that was highlighted. Right it was highlighted in the advertising, but just the style of the advertisement yeah. made me laugh. So then it caught me off guard because then he started doing actual, like, regular news. And at the time, I thought, eh, a little conspiracy theory-ish, because he was talking about the uh, guy that was poisoned by the Russians. Yeah. And honestly, probably the most coverage I had seen about that, and for me, I read a lot of political news. That seemed to have gotten somewhat buried until earlier this week when the British came out and said, no, these dickhead Russians poisoned this guy. Oh, no, he has a team of, like, researchers and right. stuff. So. so, I mean, while it's not for me, I could see where some people would love it. It's just not for me. Uh, next was the Ashen video, the weirdest Star Wars figures. <laughs> this video was 25 minutes long. Honestly, I didn't see much difference between watching that and watching the videos my two-year-old watches. It's just some dudes playing with toys. And I'm, I am not a Star Wars fan. I just generally am not. Occasionally I'll get an itch to watch something Star Wars related. Once that itch is satisfied, I'll see you in six years, Star Wars. Yeah. So it's not for me anyways, and I'm not a toy collector. I think Ashen's, for me, is one of those. He's also an older school YouTuber. Oh, right. Some of his early videos. He used to do videos on, like, um, fake iPhones, um, fake systems, counterfeit games. And it's just kind of evolved and devolved into, like, what's advertiser-friendly these days. But I did, I've, like... I throw that on. He does right. uh, mystery box ones, but like a lot of the loot crate ones nowadays are people being like, oh my god, I love this! And mm-hmm. he's like, this is shite, and right. I hate this, and I don't understand why this is in the box. Ooh, stickers! <laughs> and honestly, that was the other thing, too. It didn't really seem like it was to them the weirdest toys, because I'm sure there are weirder toys in the Star Wars universe. As much as it was them, like, these toys are fucking garbage. Uh, Like, two or three of them, they were not happy with their toy purchases. I was not happy with the video. So, just to give you the heads up, this is what is going to hurt your score (laughs) at the end. Uh, The next one was the Broccoli Tree, a parable from the Vlog Brothers. It's not bad, it's just a bit sappy. Uh, now we got that out of the way. Uh, it actually was a parable, too. That's what I found hilarious was, you know, people throw the word parable around. But this was like a classic Aesop Fables-style parable situation. Uh, you 2 was in it. <laughs> uh, and just more proof about how big a piece of crap Bono is. Uh, you know, he goes on and on about how we need to help others. But this video points out that... You know, back in 1986, he's going around taking pictures for his Joshua Tree album, and he ended up killing this tree. But to clarify, this video is not about you two in any situation. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. There is a brief mention of them. Uh, I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much, because I, seriously, like, you should turn this off and go watch that right now, because it was really good. 
Yeah. I really enjoyed that video. So a little bit about John Green, who specifically did that video in the Vlogbrothers. He is a YouTuber. He is an author. He wrote Looking for Alaska more recently. Um, this Not The Star Won't Go Out. That's his charity. Anyway, um, The Fault in Our Stars, which every girl has ever read right now lately. Um, Turtles All the Way Down is one of his more recent books as well. So he's a famous author, and he... That's what I say after I take a dump. <laughs> Turtles All the Way Down. He recently, um, so the Vlogbrothers started in, I don't know what year, so I'm not going to name it, and it was a textless communication for a year between him and his brother, Hank, and so they only communicated by telephone or through these videos, so they started, and they just continued doing it, they now email each other, they're allowed to do that, but they just do videos, I think twice a week now, it used to be every day of the week, right? and it's just... They're, they have a little community. It's the Nerdfighter community. And they have all sorts of things like the science show that is spawned off of it. Yeah, actually, I was going to say, uh, he, who had, Hank was not in the video. Mm -hmm. The next video that guy was in, we've actually used their videos for training where we work. So, I mean, they make quality videos. Uh, the next one up was, same from the Vlog Brothers. Uh, this is going to seem dumb, but stick with me. It is by far the greatest sidewalk story ever told. I suspected I would never hear a sidewalk story that would change the course of my entire life, but it did. Uh, you know, style-wise, they were kind of the same. Sort of this, hey, there's this ordinary object that you may not observe, but let's see how it ties into the whole world. I just don't think it like hit as well as the Broccoli Tree Parable did. I mean, he was going for the same style video. It just didn't connect with me the same way. If I had sent the list out, I probably would have put this one before the broccoli tree. Because perhaps if I had watched this one first, it would have had more of an impact rather than watching the broccoli tree parable I first. think with those two, I just did them in the chronological order they were put oh, out. Oh, gotcha, so. yeah. yeah. And I definitely would recommend the reverse. But, I mean, if you really like the broccoli tree, I would give the next one a chance just to see if you like it. After thinking about some more... Both videos somewhat reminds me of the radio show and there was a television show, This American Life. Almost mm -hmm. in the delivery, everything, how they handled it, it was very similar to This American Life. Yeah, and they do all sorts of videos. Um, Hank used to do um song, I can't remember which day of the week, but he, so he has this whole like bunch of these songs that he wrote um, like every other week. And they're from everything about Harry Potter to um, about the Demolition Derby. And they're all just these nerdy little folkish songs that he has done. I don't think he's done any recently. He also tours with a band that I... Hank Green and some people. I don't know who. Right. All right. And the last was Binging with Babiche. Bon Binging with Bobbish. <laughs> I typed it wrong. That's what it Binging. is. <laughs> oh, typing too fast. Uh... The Fraser special. Uh, now, you had previously sent me the one from Sunny in Philadelphia where he was making rum ham. And I did eventually watch that. If you're not a cook at all, I think you'd probably like just the ones that relate to shows or yeah. movies you've watched. You would enjoy those, I think, no matter what. If you are looking to get like super creative in the kitchen, it'd pull up a couple and give it a shot. Because I can't remember what, what was it he made. Uh, I don't remember, because I just remember the rum ham video very well. <laughs> uh, 
it was some weird crap though that they had in that Fraser family. But it's worth it, you know, if you're bored and you enjoy cooking as I guess some relaxation technique. It would be a good one to just go, you know, I am going to make this thing that sounds like it may taste like garbage and see how it goes. <laughs> My boyfriend and I actually, like, frequently make a recipe from one of his videos. It's from Chef. It's the, it's pasta oil and garlic. I can't pronounce Italian, so I'm not going to try. Right. And it's delicious and super easy, so. Yeah, like I said, the, the thing he made from the Fraser sounds terrible, but it looked pretty decent after he got done. Mm -hmm. So, or that, or if you were just into generally cooking shows, I thought it was a solid cooking yeah, show. He like, does also um, Basics with Babish, where he um, teaches you how to make chicken, steak. So, there's the cooking show aspect, but gotcha. he's also, it's pretty much grown from this, him creating these meals that he saw on a TV show. Right. Like I said, which is a creative idea. I'm surprised he's not on, you know, doesn't have an actual television show, because yeah. there's worse garbage on TV than what he's doing, so... I guess that brings us to final scores. Final scores. Did you do final scores I this time? I forgot that that was a thing <laughs> again because we've uh, done this, man. what, twice? Yeah, this would be the second time we've done this. It, there wasn't a reminder or a guideline, so my bad. But honestly, um, I wouldn't mind finding more issues of Maximum Rock and Roll and flipping through them. They are very interesting, like... Not only like look into the culture, but also a look into the world during that time. It's like right. a small history. Yeah. I would give it a solid eight because it's not something like I innately would have been interested in. And they are super ad heavy, which I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Why? But it's pretty cool. Right on. I would, you're using a ten point scale. I yeah. Assume. All right. I use a five point scale. Four. Four out of five. Four. Okay. <laughs> Fractions. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so if you removed the Star Wars figures, I would have easily given this a 4 out of 5 pocket protectors, which is my scoring system for Kelly's nerd recommendations. Uh, Star Wars hurt. Yeah. It's going to have to be a 3 out of 5 just because that one hurt. But again, I'm not the target market, so maybe I shouldn't bring the score down, but man, 25 minutes of that was pretty rough. So I'm going to have to hurt you there. All right, anything else before we end the show? Nothing I can think of. All right, so we'd just like to close with whether you're a punk. Or a nerd. A him. Or a her. Never be, be afraid, afraid to make, make your voice heard. heard. Oh, you're close. I like voice better than self now. Well, you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll try it again next time. Yeah. Later. Later. Later.